In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, and good morning to you. Our online worship service for this fifth Sunday is so full of beauty, I, I have to admit that I haven't known quite where to begin, and I've had a hard time choosing what to leave in and what to leave out. If I had a theme, a theme to introduce, that theme might be finding God, and it might hinge on two things. The first on our call as Christians, as mandated by the promises we make on our baptismal covenant. And the second being the death that Christian baptism beckons in each of us. As Christians, we believe that whether dying to self, dying to an old life, or dying to eternal life, we believe that our lives will be changed, not ended. The good Christian life is a life that moves from glory to glory. Our service today began with the voices of our choir recorded in the cathedral amphitheater. The words to that first anthem, In thee is gladness, done is all sadness, he who once dead is raised, it inspired me to take photographs from our newly tended church columbarium use them as visual partners with the hymn text, a way of reminding us that the souls of those we love and see no longer have been embraced by the eternal love of God. Their lives have changed, not ended. It's a theme apropos for the season in the church year that compels us to say, Happy Easter to one and to all. I'm still beginning or ending many of my emails with those two words, Happy Easter, and with a reminder written in parentheses that it is in fact still Easter. Perhaps I should be saying them out loud as well as writing them down. So cheers and Happy Easter, Alleluia, in thee is gladness, done is all sadness. All who once have died have been raised. Just before the gospel reading, we heard the choir sing, Come My Way, My Truth, My Life, one of Vaughn Williams' five mystical songs based on George Herbert's poem, The Call. The Call was sung as a solo at my ordination to the priesthood, and the image we paired with the choir recording is a photograph of the parish church in Fogglestone, St. Peter. Herbert was St. Peter's rector from 1629 to 1633, and for all we know, the call may have been written while holy Mr. Herbert, as he was known, was a pastor there. In some of the photographs of the church, you can see the tombstones outside the entrance to the church as visible. Death, life, baptism, life that's changed, not ended. At the end of today's online worship, you will see and hear the choir serenading us like masked angels and singing a second anthem based on the beautiful poem in the Bible called The Song of Solomon. Arise, my love, my fair one, come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle love is heard in our land. Whether in life or in death, God is always beckoning us. Arise, my lovers, and come away. 
By now, I hope you might sense the gravity of my dilemma about just what to say to you this morning, as it were, as it is. All of this beauty in our liturgy, our work as the people of God this morning, and I haven't even yet mentioned the baptism of Margot Booker. Margot's baptism is, by my count, the eighth baptism of both, of both adults and children proclaimed in St. Albans' liturgies in recent months. Our clerical colleague and baptism whisperer, Emily Griffin, has told me that at least four more baptisms will be enacted in liturgies this May and this June, so stay tuned. Stay tuned to find out the names of those for whom we will pray. We might do all in our power in supporting their life and their death into the life of Christ. Each of these baptisms are, of course, as Emily recently wrote to me, acts of hope for the world to come. I should probably mention now that only by a work of the Holy Spirit, the readings appointed for today's liturgy include a reading from the Acts of the Apostles and the story about Philip baptizing an Ethiopian eunuch, a man who has just been reading about the suffering servant in the book of the prophet Isaiah, a text that many believe points to Jesus' understanding of his death and what would be the means of his resurrection. This, in fact, is the second time this has happened to me, and what I mean by that is that one Sunday many years ago, when this same text from the Acts of the Apostles was about to be read at an 8 a.m. Eucharist in Kentucky, a parishioner made their way into the vesting room where a colleague and I were getting dressed for the service, and the parishioner went on to explain that he had recently been notified about his deployment to Afghanistan and he hoped that he could be baptized before leaving. His inquirers class lasted all of 15 minutes and after the proclamation of the gospel that morning, he was baptized. The Acts of the Apostles is a book that tells stories, tells stories about the things that happen when people live out their call as Christians in ways that are simple and profoundly beautiful. They are the stories that come to life as we go about the work of preparing liturgies or great patrol casseroles or taking youth mission trips. These acts, our acts as the body of Christ, are the things that despite everything give Christians like us reasons to keep and to guard the faith that is ours. If you'll indulge one more story this morning, not long ago, it's a story about finding God, not long ago, a simple and profoundly beautiful act happened in the second floor classroom space in Satterley Hall, where an inquirer's class was concluding its work. It was the final session. Class member Don Durkee at that time an inquirer had been asking me for weeks what for him was a very simple question, and his question was, Jim, where do I find God? You might imagine my hesitancy in providing a specific answer to that question, and since I don't know Don, would not have been an acceptable answer. I'd been putting Don off, both literally and somewhat figuratively, as I was also considering what might be a helpful answer for him and for me. Lo and behold, on the last evening of the class, Don had noticed that hanging in the middle of the room, 
there was about a six inch round plastic orange donut which hung from a small metal chain which was the drawstring for the hidden ladder which allowed access to the attic above the room, the upper room we might say. Don said that he'd been searching for such an object as that plastic orange donut that whole day long. You see, Don had a friend in the hospital recovering from knee surgery, and the donut was exactly what he needed. Don wondered if he could have it. When the class ended, I seized the opportunity to, opportunity to liberate that plastic orange donut, an object like many others at St. Albans, which had been offending my aesthetic for room decorum for quite some time. After I removed the donut to hand it Don so he could take it to his friend at Sibley Hospital that night, I almost fell to the ground when I turned the donut over and read this sticker that was attached to the donut, a remnant from the days when that room was used as a nursery space. The childlike font on the words of the sticker, and this is, as they say, no joke, read, God is here. I shared a photograph of Don holding that donut at a coffee hour a few weeks ago at St. Albans and that story. The author of the 139th Psalm reminds us that we cannot flee from God. If we go to the heavens, God is there. If we make our bed in the depths, God is there. If we rise on the wings of the dawn or if we settle on the far sides of the sea, God's hand will guide us, will hold us fast. God is there. God is here. Our final anthem in this morning's liturgy might serve to remind us that we as survivors of the deadly pandemic that began just about two years ago now, it might remind us that we can begin to celebrate again. For now, it seems a winter is past, the rain is almost over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come. As we give thanks with a reasonable and holy hope for our land and for our cities and town and for our beloved St. Albans, we pray for a return to our work as the church, as storytellers, as proclaimers of the good news and the gospel of our Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ, in death and in life. I offer this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.